0: Yeah. yeah. As a boy, I always knew I, one day, had the courage to begin yeah. Time flew when I grew up, now I'm ready for the promise that it brings You only wanted me to screw up, but it's something that you're never gonna see yeah. Everything that you hoped for, yeah, it was only in a dream yeah. Now I go when I roll and I roll and I know that I'm never breaking down Control of the flow of my soul for the sword of the stone in the ground yeah, yeah. Joy said it will be someday, someday. Uh, Seeing castles in the clouds uh, yeah. One way or another When I step in the room Everybody better bow So be careful how you talk to me Cause there's only one king
1: Hello, my friends. This is Brian Q. Davis broadcasting from the Sales Warrior Podcast, a conversation about dominating your marketplace without sacrificing your body, your marriage, your children, or your soul. And on today's very special episode, I have a special guest, Young Youth, aka Justin Donahue, coming coming to us live from Nashville today. Welcome to the show, Justin. Ooh, thank you for having me, Brian. Appreciate you, man. You got it, brother. So for the listeners, I, I, have to, uh, I, have to, I have to tell you how excited I am about having uh, Justin here on the show. The, this podcast is directly connected to this man's music. For those of you not familiar, uh, Young Youth, Justin is a, is a, is a musician uh, artist that's uh, come, come out of Nashville that has delivered some incredibly powerful music that's impacted my life. The backstory of this is, I don't know, maybe a year ago, I saw the the trailer for Equalizer 2. I love Denzel Washington. And I'm watching this trailer and I'm like, what is that song? Like this, There's this song that goes to this trailer and it's just, just like, do fire. Okay. I go look it up and I dig down in the internet and I find young youth. I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> then all of a sudden I find another song, Only One King. I ne- uh, can't take it from me. And I'm like, Oh my God. So playlist, I playlist this stuff up and it became core to my workouts. And I found myself one day in this place before the launch of this podcast in a place of fear, unworthiness, like just reservation, like just fear, like, to publish this, this podcast. And I, and I just, I had all these stories about why I shouldn't do it or who am I and all this kind of stuff. And then like, brother, your song can't take it from me came on in my headphones. Like in this moment, as I'm struggling with this during a workout, I was literally doing like deadlifts. (laughs) (laughs) And this, there's a line in there that says told me I wasn't worthy and it wasn't the right time. You already know I'm coming to get mine. And that line just set me on fire. And even in that fear, I went and I published the first episode of this podcast. And that was 200 plus, 250 plus, 60 plus episodes ago. And uh, I saw somebody who had been in exactly the same place I had been. And then you did it. And so that's the preamble. And then just so you know, Justin's music is in my headphones every single day for as part of my workout. Let's go. Yeah. (laughs) So I've given enough of a preamble, man. Can you
0: give us a welcome to the show? Hey, honestly, thank you for having me. And uh, that I'll never forget. Like when you first told me and when I first heard your podcast about can't take it from me and everything, man, I, I sent that to my family. I was like, hey, y'all need to like, y'all need to check this out. Like Brian here uh, gets it. And that's, that's literally what the point is. I always say to people like, if I make a song and one person hears it and it affects them in a positive way, then it's already achieved what it needs to. And uh, so thank you for helping me with that song, especially, and other stuff, achieve uh, what it needs to already, so.
1: Yeah, man, well, I gotta tell you, I'm, I'm ex- still exploring the catalog. Uh, I water into Wine this morning ca- showed up, and uh, man, just went to my heart with my family, went to my heart, like, just pfft. So keep doing it, man, you're tapped into the source, and, uh, like, just, I mean, would you mind just sharing a little bit of your story, your background? I mean, oh, yeah. let's just face it, you're not your average hot hip-hop profile. Like there's not many redheaded uh, gingers like us that wow. <laughs> that are in this game, but you are in this game. Actually, that was one of the lines I got your one of your one of your lines and one of your songs was talking about the red Af- red fro poking through the cap. <laughs> <Iron laughs> <line>. yeah. <laughs> so I love it, man. So ta-
0: give us some background. Where where are you from? Where you know? How did you get in this game? Give us it, the background. It's funny. So I will. I'm gonna circle back to this real quick i had yep. told someone this yesterday when i first decided that i wanted to take specifically doing like rap or hip-hop sort of stuff more seriously um i i went to the university of kentucky we'll get back to that but uh okay i, I went to a what'd you say i said sec Let's go baby okay. Yeah. Uh, so I went to a, like a rap battle on campus because I okay. know if I want to, if I want to do this and take it seriously, I got it. Like, I, I, it's almost like you're saying like, I have to do it. I can't like sit around and say, Oh, I want to do this. Like I have to go and put myself out there and participate in this for better or for worse. And, uh, I actually, I came in second place and I brought it up cause you're talking about the ginger thing because, uh, the dude that won called me carrot top. So uh, he may have won the battle, but he did not win the war. But, uh, but no, so I, uh, I was born in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, my whole family is from Bardstown, Kentucky, uh, out in the country, Bourbon County, Bourbon country. And uh, they, my grandmother worked at Jim Beam for like 25 years. They're like all uh, beautiful, beautiful country out there. And my mom and dad were the first ones to kind of leave Bardstown, they went up to Columbus for a job, um, while they're pregnant with me, had me in Columbus, uh, after about a year, moved to Louisville, Kentucky, which is where I grew up, spent most of my childhood there. So I, I, I hold it down for Louisville and I was there for high school. And then, in high, you know, I always sang, I was doing music my whole life. My mom used to hold a, a music box up to her belly when she was pregnant with me, um, there's a lot of stories of like my great grandmother sitting on the front porch with a harmonica back in the day, and like so definitely I I I don't think that I would be doing this if there weren't uh, other people that kind of got me bit with that that love for it, and um, so always loved singing, did choir, uh, and then eventually as I got older, I ended up uh, doing a I was in a rock band in high school. Ah, uh, we did some battle of the band stuff, and i I'll never forget um, I was carpooling to school one morning with my buddy's older brother driving us, and he was playing some I can't even remember what he was playing in the car, but that's like one of the first times that I really got into uh, hip hop because I was pretty sheltered, pretty conservative upbringing, uh, and it was at the time when. I think there was a big misunderstanding. A lot of people, uh, based judgments upon the genre and culture of hip hop that were not necessarily fully informed. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are afraid of what they don't understand. So it was at a time when I was almost, I was not even aware of this, you know, that this thing existed. And I remember I heard, heard Nas and I just, uh, it really just kind of opened my mind to, wow, this is like a whole world that I'm so unaware of. And it was like, this guy is reporting what's going on in his life in a way that I've never heard this before. And, uh, it inspired me. I never took it super seriously. Uh, I ended up going to to college and, uh, it kind of came back around when I was like freestyle at parties and stuff. And, uh, I eventually had a friend uh, named Jess. She's awesome, and she was like, "Hey, I think you need to take this more seriously. I think like you're you're pretty good." And you know, it's kind of funny how that happens. Sometimes we might need other people to recognize our greatness before we can see our own. And uh, so she was like, "Hey, you need to take this more seriously." And um, pretty much ever since then, I I started kind of trying to get it together, and and here we are then uh, it's kind of kind of wild. yeah, man. well, isn't
1: that interesting that's a that's a really interesting point when you bring that that piece up about how difficult it is to or many times almost impossible it is to see our own greatness. then this is not from an ego perspective, right. It is just to see the divinity in ourselves. it's It's much easier many times for the people for other people to see the things that are special about us or where we have power um, because they're looking at it through the lens of they don't have the same voices in their head about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. We're sitting here telling ourselves, you know, uh, like again, who am I to do whatever? Who am I? I'm just this. I'm the story, story, story. And then your friend Jess steps in and goes, Hey man, like you're legit, right? Like you're powerful. And God bless those people in our lives that kind of, we all have those people that have stepped in at some point and they're just a messenger that's a, that is giving us a, re- a reflection of something we can't see. And at the same time, you know, ju- your music like did that for like in a way, did it for me, even though we didn't know each other. You, you spoke out and I just was like, I, and I, in that moment, I was actually looking in the mirror and i and it just you know the, the the all the recipe came together and it was just like okay publish this thing push push the play i mean push the publish button on the on the podcast and but it, it's that that same idea of of you know we've all got these voices and sometimes god delivers a person that just if we listen right p- p- if we listen pushes us in that, that next, that next level. So like, so she says, she says, take this thing a little bit more seriously. What, what's your next action after that?
0: So I started working with these couple guys, uh, my homies, we called them uh, parliament and my buddy, Kevin White. Okay. And I just started kind of recording some demos and it's funny, you know, I give a lot of love to my mom for always being one of those parents. That's super encouraging. And it's like, if you want to, if you want to go for it, then, you know, you can do it, you know, you just got to do it. And um, so I I send my mom, these like little mixtapes that I made where I was like rapping over just other people's beats. And she was like, you know, she was like, this is great. You're better than that person. And, uh, you know, again, I still didn't even take it seriously until I don't know. I think it's like you just it's one of those things where you I know that no matter what, I would wanna be doing this. So whether one person's listening or a hundred million people are listening, it's something that it's like I have to do it. Um it's it's in there and I I, I wanna get it out. And almost like you were saying about you know, the way that it connected with you. That's, I heard a quote the other day and I thought it was really interesting. It was saying like, if you have this, if you, if you're a positive person, if you have this um, gift, whatever that gift may be, whether that's art or oration or uh, connecting people, it's almost your responsibility to share that with other people. Because unfortunately there are a lot of people who are really listening to those voices of negativity that you're talking about that don't feel that unconditional love for themselves or, uh, for what they really have passion about. And that, you know, that's what I, I, we can all do this where we, we love something and we keep it to ourselves and we don't want to share it with other people because we're maybe afraid of how it's going to be perceived or whatever. Um, but what I learned is that as soon as I started sharing it, there were more people in my life that were like, dude, this is great. This is fun. I love this. Or, um, it, it start, you start to like have something more to talk about. It deepens that relationship. Um, and I don't know, so I could go on all day, but I just, yeah, I, I do it because I feel like I would, I would be doing it anyways for fun. So I might as well just like try to share it with people, uh, you know? Well, we are not
1: called to put our light under a, under a basket, right? Right. Like it's, we're not like the, 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 we are given light. We're when we, when we get, when we get the gift, right, we get the gift of some of, of tapping into that, that well of love or, into God's will. And then once we tap into that, it's our, it is our duty to share it. It's not our duty to keep that light to ourselves. If you keep the light to yourselves, light might go away. Right. Like it doesn't like light is not meant to be kept under a bushel under a basket. Right. It's not, the lamp is meant to be up there. And so that, but you know, the enemy wants us to keep it under, under, keeps it, keep it hidden Mm -hmm. because of what it might do for others. And, and that's, I mean, and honestly, that's part of like, dude, your, your music, um, I find a deeply spiritual aspect to it. Absolutely. And, uh, I feel it in the, in the lyrics. I mean, I, I, I actually have most of your songs encapsulated into a playlist on my, on my Spotify called spiritual fury. And, um, my workouts have become, they're not a workout about my body. They're a spiritual prayer session more than anything and, and your songs are, are part of that experience for me now. And I can tell there's a, there's a, it's coming from that place. Would you mind sharing just a little bit about your spirituality, how that plays in with your music? Cause I can feel it in every song.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's really, it's really important to me. Um, like I said, I grew up, uh, I grew up very Catholic. So I was going to, uh, from the time that I was I'm I'm sure I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, I'm sure I was going to church when I was still in the womb every Sunday, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, uh, I I went to a Catholic grade school and even a Catholic high school. And, um, I was very involved. That's actually the choir church choir and stuff was like where I started to really love singing. And, uh, you know, I would always be reading and, um, spirituality is just something that always made a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's almost like you said, it's like something that I could just connect with very easily. Um, and I, you know, I, I believe that it's a very, imp- it's like a my friend that I talk about this, like it's like an important pillar in your life. Like if you, Um, I, I don't believe I should be telling anyone how to live their life, but I do believe that, um, it is for me, at least absolutely necessary to maintain a respect and like reverence for spirituality in my life. Because I think there's all a lot of times where we, we gotta, we gotta make sense of of everything. And, um, I, you know, I'm a big, it's like one of those crazy things where once it's like the golden rule, like do unto others. Um, It's like, that's, I got all this stuff from being in, you know, I, I I would hear it in church and like I was reading it and it's just kind of wild to think of. It's like, you know, I grew up hearing all this stuff, but I think it had to take experience to really bring Heavy, deeper, deeper meaning out of some of those words, and to really understand why, Why people wrote that stuff down so many years ago, and, and why people say, "Hey, this is like something that's important," um, because it just adds depth and meaning to life. And without it, I don't, I don't think I would be having as much fun or be as grateful.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, there's uh um, one particular song of yours, I I, I have this, uh, and I envision it whenever I hear it. Only one king, mm-hmm. and I, I, you know, I, I don't know if there what the intention was behind that. And I'd say that's the other thing is I'd be interested to if you could share like when you some of these these the, your songs, maybe you can share a b- bit about the your process in terms of how you create. Mm-hmm. But I, you, we had a little bit of a conversation offline where we were where you just said. Hey, this I had a strong intention behind what I was doing here. Um, for me personally, that song I see the spiritual battle. Like I, to me, that song is a spiritual. Like is a is a. It's like uh, for me, it's like Christ is like if Christ was speaking to to the enemy, right? And and saying, hey man, like the game is up. I almost see this vision of his time in the desert with forty days at war, and this is the end of it. Yeah. And it's beautiful and it fires me the hell up. And, and, uh, I don't know, can you just maybe that song or just share about like,
0: you know, what's kind of funny is that, so I, I wrote that song at a, a really wild transitional time in my life. And, um, so I had a relationship with a uh, with an awesome woman named Wendy Duffy who works at a company called Resin Eight, and she had heard a project I put out called "Stay Chill." She's like, "Hey, we we do licensing stuff. We want to work with you." So, uh, she starts working with me, Um, and I ended up breaking my leg. We'll go back to that. And when I when I did break my leg, I was like, "I'm going to take a break from writing," and really just kind of like collect my thoughts and like read and like watch uh, films that I've always wanted to see, like while I'm in this recovery process, I'm in a lot of pain. So I'm not going to try to, to write right now. I'm going to take a breather from that. And Only One King is the first song that I wrote after that break. Um, And the reason why I said it was so funny about it in that thought is like, I was Something happened. She, Wendy, and and her company were able to help get it placed. On they were using it for promo stuff for the NFL, uh, for the 2017 Thursday Night Football season. What happened was I actually broke my leg doing a show. Uh, I jumped off stage at a show, and it was it was awesome. It was one of my favorite shows I've ever done, and I got super excited. Jump off stage, break my fibula. Uh, Ended up finishing the show using the mic stand as like a crutch, and it was one of the most memorable nights of my life. But that song really was, was a realization, almost like Can't Take It From Me, where it was like I put so much heart and soul into this that I actually broke my leg because I was going so hard and it's like, I can't let someone else tell me what my value is. And mm. I know that it was like this moment where I was like, wait, why did I care so much about all these things that don't matter about like somebody getting the wrong idea or perception? Um You know, why, why am I not just, accepting the responsibility and doing what needs to be done for the sake of it's it's almost like you said earlier too like the the spirituality my music a lot of times as when i write it during that process of creation it's like it's like a message to myself sometimes you know it's like i might need to hear that and and that's why I even chose the name that I chose of young youth. Uh, a lot of that, there's a lot of reasons, but one of them is Carl Jung, uh, or Jung, the Swiss psychoanalyst from way back in the day. Um, you know, he was always asking these questions and trying to look deeper. And, um, he was one of the, the first people, one of the founders of analytical, analytical psychology, but, Contrary to a lot of the other people at that time, he put a big emphasis on spirituality and Mm. dreams, and um, was just always having this discourse of, like, you know, why why, why are we reaching for the things that we're reaching for? And I feel like those are questions that I asked myself even when I was a kid, and hence the youth. Um, But. Yeah, that to me is a big part of the creative process is like the intention behind what what am I trying to say and and who do I want to hear this and uh even if I just heard it could like what am I what are we bringing what am I going to get out of this and I, and I do talk to some people about this there's it's really important to me that even if I'm making a song that I'm I'm happy like I put out a song don't want to grow up. Yeah. You know, it's super uh lighthearted, almost like whimsical at yeah. times. It's kinda of tongue in cheek a little bit too. Yeah. But I still try to put something in there that's like, you know, if there's someone that is going through this and feeling this way, then this is for you, you know? It's like you yeah. I needed to hear it at the time when I was, you know, I wrote that song when I was, I was looking at uh, insurance plans. I was like, "Man, that stuff is expensive." <laughs> starts the song. Yeah, now. I was like, we walked in the studio. I was like, I don't want to deal with this. Like, I want to be a kid eating cereal and watching cartoons. Like, <laughs> um, you know, such as not the case. We don't get to do that. We got to grow up. Actually, but um, but that feeling uh is something that I feel like we all go through at times and, and that's even the only one king thing we all gotta we all gotta boss up every now and yeah. then and we all gotta you know like you said recognize that that God um is not meant to to sit around and hide. Yeah. We're called to move. Right.
1: Called called to um there's one line in that song um Time to burn it down and start this kingdom from scratch. But that line is is something that we're all faced with, right? Like if we give ourselves the space to envision the man or woman or the person we are called to be, at least the very next version, we can't maybe see all the way down the line. Mm -hmm. But if we can see the next version, the one in 12 months, the one in two years, that version of that, the man that I can become, who must I become? That question to be this. It's gonna require some burning down. Right. And letting and letting go. Right. And that is so hard. It's so hard. That's maybe one of the biggest, you know, things is this ability to take a leap in faith. Especially when you know, and it's and it's especially when things are are good. Right. It's the hardest when they're good. It's easier when things are burning down already. But it may require us to burn burn it down and yeah. started the kingdom from scratch. And that's, that's, uh, that's something where I think so many people find themselves is that they're yearning for this desire for the next version, but they're unwilling to, to take that step. And body. it's because of all, it's, it's a because of all those voices, right? It's because of that voice, the same one that was in your ear about, Hey, who are you to put out a song called only one King and Oh, that's right. your ego. And that's this, that, and the other. Like, oh, and you think you're the King. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. people are going to think I'm saying this right. But I knew exactly what you were saying when that kind of song came out. I knew it and it, and it, and it was my own version, like your, your light came through a lens that means something to me. And it's, you know, who knows what it means to millions of other people that have heard that song or will hear that song in 10 years, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it, it's, that gift is out there because you decided to take that leap.
0: <laughs> Literally.
1: And literally, right. (laughs) And sometimes
0: taking a leave gets you a broken leg. Right. But that's, and that's the crazy thing was, is like, I, this is a, this is kind of, kind of cheesy, kind of silly, but I just recently got a tattoo on that leg that says no complaints because I really, I can't, I have, first of all, I have a song called no complaints. That's going to be coming out next year. But, uh, but on top of that, it's really about that about you know i jumped off stage i broke my leg whatever no complaints because that's what that's what it took for along with everything else but that's what it took for me to really realize oh those voices are are just like wash like that's not yeah. that's not what's real that's like a projection of fear or whatever and yeah in a way it's like, it took me, I was like, I proved, I don't have to prove anything to anyone now because I already know that I cared enough to to jump off the stage and break my leg. Like, so now it's just all icing on the cake.
1: That's what we got for you today, my friends. This is Brian Q. Davis signing off from the Sales Warrior Podcast. Come back tomorrow for the second half of the two-part interview with Young Youth. More to come.